0: I have a little boy called William who has got cerebral palsy and because of him I started a blog called Mum on a Mission. I also run a Facebook page under the same name and I discuss all sorts of things about life with a disabled child. Five things I didn't realise before I had a disabled child. Number one, disabled toilets are really rubbish. I'm not going to lie before my son was born I was rather naive about disability and I must have walked around with my eyes closed because if you'd have asked me to describe a disabled person I probably would have imagined an old man with a walking stick and um, maybe that's just simply because severely disabled people weren't really seen in the community as much when I was growing up as they are now but because I had that image in my mind I presumed that disabled toilets were suitable for all disabled people how wrong was I Now I've got a severely disabled child in my life, I realise just how impractical most disabled toilets are, and whoever designed them was probably catering for the same person that I saw with a walking stick. Because if they'd met my son, or anyone like him, they'd have realised that a little extra space and some grab rails doesn't really make it usable. These days, I know how important changing places style toilets are for disabled people, and I'm saddened that there aren't more of them in places that offer toilets to everyone else. Supermarkets, cinemas, shopping centres, department stores, train stations, they all offer toilets to everyone apart from severely disabled people. Number two, carers allowance sucks. I mean, I know I should probably be grateful that we get carers allowance at all, but the current rate of £62.10 is pretty insulting really, and for that £62.10, carers of disabled people are expected to look after them for at least 35 hours a week. And that works out to a pitiful £1.77 an hour. Now, I obviously don't expect to be paid to look after my own child, but what if I was caring for my mother-in-law or someone else that I wouldn't usually be expected to care for? Is it acceptable that carers are only given £1.77 an hour for 35 hours of care? And don't forget that most carers do far more than 35 hours a week, but they don't get paid any more. Of course, you could go and get a job as well as caring if the person you're looking after has got someone else who can look after them while you're off earning, but you're only allowed to earn £116 a week, or you won't be entitled to carer's allowance at all. And I'm not sure that many people would choose to be a full-time carer and have a second job, but still only take home £178 a week, would they? Especially when I point out that that is way below the minimum wage. That was honestly one of the biggest shocks to me when I learned about carers' allowance. I naively thought that carers would be given an allowance that reflected the level of care that they provide to people. Especially when you consider how much it would cost if they were no longer able to provide that care and the person had to go into residential care. So why aren't the government doing more to look after unpaid carers? Number three, there is not enough disabled parking. Before I had William, I will fully admit I was one of those people that used to get really annoyed at the number of disabled bays there are in car parks and on the street. It seemed like they were everywhere and it also looked like there were far more disabled bays than disabled drivers. Wrong! These days, I have no choice but to park in a disabled bay in a car park because I can't get William out of my van otherwise. And if I'm parking on the street, I tend to park on double yellow lines Because all the spaces I used to see seem to have vanished. They are still there, of course. It's just that there weren't really all that many at all. And the demand for them is huge. And it was a demand that I was blind to. Number four, language matters. I've never really put all that much thought into language, if I'm honest. I've never really been that bothered about the origins of words, especially insults, until William was born. And now I understand how damaging language can be when it's used in the wrong way. And when terminology that was once used to define medical conditions is used as an insult, it can be really hurtful. I cringe when I hear someone use the R word and I have fallen out with friends who've refused to stop using certain words. Nowadays, I'm far more aware of how how much language matters and how important it is that people consider just how they use it. Number five, having a disabled child is not the worst thing in the world. Honestly, if you'd have told me that I would have a disabled child, I would have been terrified. I probably would not have had a child at all, and that would have been a massive mistake. Having William has changed my world. He is the happiest child you will ever meet. His smile is amazing. His determination and positivity is inspirational, and he changes the lives of everyone that he meets. Being his mum has changed my life so much, and I have amazing people in my life now who I never would have crossed paths with had he not been disabled, I think other people still think that having a disabled child must be the worst thing in the world because they insist on telling me that I'm an inspiration. They couldn't do it. They don't know how I do it, but I'm sure they only say those things because they just don't know. They don't know that having a disabled child is just like having a non-disabled child. You love them the same as you would have if they weren't disabled. You're just their mum. come and get in touch you can find me on facebook Um, i'm also on twitter at mums missions or on instagram as the mum on a mission